start is the service is easy. Some people you have to meet, you have to study, and sometime along the way you say, that's my friend. I met this pastor in a minister's, pastor's morning meeting at 7 o'clock in the morning. And the picture you see here is the picture I met. Friendly. Quiet. Observer. And he let all us big mouth pastors just run our mouths and he stood there and took notes. And, and he spoke. And the moment he spoke, he became my friend. And from that moment, over a year ago, to this very second, I, I call him my baby brother slash my friend. Amen. He is an awesome man of God. Amen. He is a well-studied, educated man of God. Amen. But he is a servant. And he goes beyond and above to help others. Amen. Always putting others in front of him. Amen. That kind of man is what every church and town needs. And I thank God for sending him to Dickinson, Texas. Uh, he is from Faith United Baptist Church. <laughs> if you haven't heard this man of God preach before, oh Lord, yeah, he got it all in his gumbo. Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. He was born in Freeport, Illinois, raised in Indianapolis, Indiana. He moved to Texas, attended Prairie View A&M University. While at Prairie View, Pastor Simpson earned a bachelor's degree in business management. He later earned a master's degree in business administration from the University of Phoenix, another master's degree in divinity from Southern Methodist University, Perkins School of Theology, Pastor Simpson serves as a senior pastor, as I said, in Faith United Methodist Church in Dickinson, Texas. Pastor Simpson has helped this community since he's been here. He's created a Maple Leaf Charitable Foundation, an organization that gives scholarships to graduating seniors. He teaches youth about the dangers of unsafe social behaviors. Pastor Simpson is a Prince Hall Mason. Treasurer of the Galveston County Long-Term Recovery Group, Secretary of the Dickinson Management District, serves on the Board of Directors for M.I. Lewis Foundation. He is also a member of the National Black MBA Association, the NAACP, and the Kaya Alpha Phi Fraternity. Pastor is married. All you sisters out there. A beautiful wife who also serves as a pastor in Galveston. Mm -hmm. Amen. St. John's. St. John's now. Oh, God. And three awesome, beautiful children. Amen. I will present to some of you, introduce maybe to a few of you, a man of God who I know without a doubt is not ashamed of the gospel amen. of Jesus Christ. And if you say amen, he'll preach. Yeah. If you don't say amen, he'll preach. He didn't come here for your glorification of him. He come here to help us elevate ourselves to the highest point we can be this day. Amen. 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 All of my children, I want y'all to just slide all over to the middle section here. Come on over. 
And it's not just about size. I, I, I spent some time long before I was a pastor. I was on staff at churches. And, and there was a, a little small church in Houston. You might have heard it. Windsor Village. You, know, you might have heard it. A little, little struggling ministry there. Real small. Yeah, no. 18,000 members. But even with those 18,000 members, there were some things that they would show you would go to and nobody would show up to. So the fact that you have this many youth out here on a Sunday afternoon, where they could be anywhere else. I mean, you wouldn't even have to be anywhere else. It's a little chilly outside. Folks is inside making gumbo right now. But, but, but they have come out, so let's give them a hand clap of praise. to 
to handle the situation, but it also equips the call. Uh, I'm going to say that again. Not our God not only calls those who are equipped to handle the situation, but he also equips those who he calls. Uh, when you put young people in a certain situation, they can offer a, a unique creativity to uh, what's going on and, and possibility and optimism, uh, having a good outlook, a positive view on everything that's going on in these situations. And the outcome is not always going to be guaranteed success. Sometimes you are going to do some things and you are going to fail. But, but this is about bringing out God loves using unexpected people in unexpected ways. And sometimes using ordinary people to bring about surprising blessings. Uh, it's all over the Bible. God will use a donkey to make a message when he needs it. So it doesn't matter how long you've been there or how qualified you are. If God wants to use you for something bigger than yourself, he will use you. And so here you have a, a, a teacher writing a letter to another teacher. And one teacher by the name of Paul writing a letter to another one that's been teaching at the church of Ephesus uh, by the name of Timothy. And, and, and Timothy was at a church surrounded by some people that were a little bit older than him. Uh, and and they, they were older than him. And some of them might have known his mama and his daddy. And some of them might have even known his grandmama and his granddaddy. But just because he was young, that did not exclude him from doing the work. Just because you are young, that does not exclude you from doing the work. Uh, and it's funny when he talks about this young comment because uh, some scholars have done some research and so young can mean many different things. Some people have done the math on the situation and have discovered that uh, Timothy may have started his ministry in his 30s. And by the time he got to Ephesus, he might have still, he might have been in his 50s, but he was still being called young. So I would argue that this is not just those who are young in age, but those who are young at heart. And not just those who are old, uh, uh, young in other ways, but they may not have the experience. But it doesn't matter whether you're 30, 50, 500. It doesn't matter if you've been doing it since you've been born or you just started yesterday. If God has something for you, God will give you what you need to do it. And so he tells them to set an example for others. Set it in their speech. Set it in, in their uh, in speech. And, and set it in uh, uh, conduct. And set it in love and faith and purity. Uh, speech. Set it in speech. How are you talking to one another? Does somebody come around you and you don't speak to them at all? They say that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. How are we speaking to other people? And, and, and not just not speaking if somebody walks by and you act like you don't see them, but those that you do speak to. What kind of attitude are you speaking to them? Uh, 
the end speech, uh, say time and time again that faith to them that you are the only Bible some of those people will ever read. You are the only sermon some of those people who come around will ever hear. You are somebody's definition of a Christian. When they think about what a Christian is, they don't think about Webster's Dictionary. They don't think about all the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. They don't think about all these different things that are going on. They think about a person. Are you a good definition of a, of a Christian when they think about you as a person? Do they come up to you and want to know why it is when all things are going around and there's all kind of trouble going around why you got a peace? Amongst yourself, why you still got a smile on your face? Are you just as as sour as everybody else around? Uh, when it's coming time to gossip, are you participating in the gossip?
college and, and I decided that I was going to stop using two words together. And those two words were, I'm wrong. I said I was going to stop saying I'm wrong when I got to Prairie View as a freshman because that's what everybody kept saying. You're going to the party. Yeah, I'm going to the party. I'm wrong. Uh, you're going back into Houston for this, that, and the third. Yeah, I'm wrong. What are we going to do for this? I'm grown. And I determined that if you have to say it, well, I'm you aren't. Right? Yeah. 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 When you say 
you're supposed to be home, when they tell you you're supposed to be home at 10 o'clock, maybe come home at 9.30. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Keep doing that and do that before you want something. Yes, so if you build up a track record right. of constantly doing what you're supposed to do, once you build up that track record, you'll have a better, you'll have a lot more freedom than you would if they got to tell you time and time again, clean your room, take out the trash, pick up your clothes, wash your clothes, wash the dishes. If they have to tell you over and over again to do that, then they're not going to trust you when you want to stay out a little longer or you want to go a little further. That's something I wish I'd have learned. I'm 38 now, but if I'd have learned it when I was then, I could have gone a whole lot more places. I could have had a longer curfew. I could have did a whole lot of better things. Build up a reputation so that your conduct does it. And, and he says not only that you got to talk the right way and you got to act the right way, but you also need to uh, express some faith. Yeah. Ah, the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things unseen. Now there was a time where I thought I was smart and I spent a bunch of time arguing with some of these people about faith and they'd be like, how can you believe these things? And, and I just, I can't do what I can't touch. And I, and, and I realized that wasn't really what was going on. Even if you're not a believer, you exercise faith every day. Uh, you hop in a car yeah. and turn the ignition. You're not a mechanical engineer, but you have faith that it's going to start. You, you ride in cars up and down the freeway having faith that nobody's going to run into you. You sit down at seats. And, and, and don't expect the seat to fall apart. You exercise faith then. When you get sick, your doctor, whose medical school credentials you haven't verified, don't know what kind of schooling they had, don't know how well they studied, don't know what kind of scores they got on any of these entrance exams, you let them write you a prescription for drugs that you don't know what's in them, but you take them the way that they're supposed to be taken. You exercise faith all the time. Just something has happened that we have started to downgrade the church. We're telling the church what the church needs to be doing, but ain't telling nobody else what they need to be doing. I was talking to my wife the other night, and I thought about something. We always trying to make church services shorter. We want it to be the worship hour. And we want pastors to only preach. 15 minutes because uh, the, the attention span and they can't pay attention long enough for that. Uh, uh, I, I don't think that everybody else is following that. I saw Black Panther when it was in the movies. That was two and a half hours. I saw Avengers 4. That was almost three hours. Didn't nobody move. If we weren't here, we'd be watching the NFL games. Watching three or four in a row and only getting up to go to the bathroom and refill our nachos and our drinks. Why is it that they can go long, but we can't go long? Oh, well, Pastor, uh, uh, see, that's a, that's a production, though. They, they've done that. They, they put time into it. Well, maybe we ought to start letting our best and our brightest operate in the church. And you know what else they do that we're not doing? They're putting money into it. I'm just saying we enjoy a concert. And I love a concert. I used to work 
sound engineering. Yeah. I love going to concerts. I love that, but there, there, nobody's telling them outside, outside of the faith, that they need to tailor their message and they need to shorten it down and they need to not yeah. go so hard about it. They're only telling us on the inside. Wow. Yeah. So we ought to be operating in our faith. And operating in our purity. Uh, purity and conduct kind of run together. The five people you spend the most time with is about as high as you're going to go. That's right. They say that every person is the average of their five closest friends. So if the five people you hang around the most ain't talking about nothing, you ain't going to be talking about nothing. If the five people you hang around the most are, are gossiping, then you're going to be gossiping. If, if the five people you hang around the most are promiscuous, then wealthy. And even if you're not going to act like that, you're going to get labeled like that because people say birds of a feather flock together. So you may not be playing on the team, but you're still wearing the uniform. Matthew 22, Rabbi, which is the greatest law? Uh, 
And he said that uh, there's the greatest law is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. And a second one is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. On these two laws hang both the, the law and the prophets. Whole Bible summed up in two commands. Love God, love people. Are you loving God? Are you keeping his commandments? Are you loving people? Or do you pretend like you don't see them? Love God and love people. Uh, as long as you control your speech and control your conduct and live by faith and, and keep yourself pure and love God and love people, you'll remove a whole lot of headaches from your life. There'll be a whole lot of things you won't have to go through if you just do those things. If that's only what we could do and they tell him that, that they, and I, taught, I read verse 12 in your hearing, but, but verse 14 says, Do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands upon you. That is a move of the Holy Ghost. And he was telling him, don't get weary while you are doing good. Yes, you may be young. Yes, you may not uh, can be, have all kind of degrees and experience and all these other things going on, but God has a plan for you. And that power that is coming from you is the power of the Holy Ghost. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead is the same power that operates in you. The Bible says he who has begun a good work in you shall perform it until completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So as long as Jesus has not come back, there is time for you to be better. I'm written in the same authority. I'm written in the same power. And then I'm reminded of something they told uh, in, in Proverbs. And you may not understand this version, but I'll read it to you anyway. Good friend, don't forget all that I've taught you. Take to heart my commands. They will help you live a long, long time, a long life full and well. Don't lose your grip on love and loyalty. Tie them around your neck. Carve their initials in your heart. Earn a reputation for living well in God's eyes and the eyes of the people. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Do not assume you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil, your body will glow with health, and your very bones will vibrate with life. That's from the Message Bible. That's one version for the, the, the that's a little easier to read, but it also reads in King James, my son, forget not my laws, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee.
you for listening to this message. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you found this message. If this message blessed you, be a blessing to someone else and share it. Connect with Pastor Johnny on Instagram and Twitter, and be sure to like Faith UMC Dickinson on Facebook. 